Welcome to Gospel Centered Living Podcast. This is the podcast that helps Christian businesswomen grow in their walk with God while carrying out the Great Commission in the marketplace. This show offers biblically based discipleship tips, practical strategies without using new age methods, and resources that will help you stop getting sucked into the hustle and grind of this culture and help you start living Christ centered, gospel centered lives and build. Christ-centered, gospel-centered businesses. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm your host, Asha Bowling. And in today's conversation, we're going to be picking up where we last left off, talking about the difference between the biblical gospel and false gospel. Now, if you remember in our last conversation, we had to take a look at the original. I use the analogy about a counterfeit $100 bill, and how the sometimes the most effective way to identify a counterfeit is by first knowing what the original looks like. So we took a deep look at the gospel, a biblical gospel. And what we found was that the gospel simply is the good news of reconciliation between God and humanity. It is God's redemption story that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and he rose on the third day. He was seen by others and that he is coming back again for his bride. And that is us, you guys. And so we wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page with regards to what the gospel, the true pure gospel is. We also talked about three main points here, and that is we actually just covered one of them, which is the biblical definition of the gospel. And then point number two is the implications of sin. Oh, we don't want to talk about sin. Oh, it makes us so uncomfortable when we do that, but we have to, because in order to know what the good news is all about, we have to know what the bad news is all about. And if you guys remember, I told you that once you have a true understanding of redemption and why humanity has a need for grace, it ties everything together. And then the last point is that the implications of being relationally separated from God, that sin separates us from God, completely separates us. So we covered all of that. Now we're going to get into this whole thing about a false gospel. We're going to get into what to identify and how to avoid that. Basically, in a nutshell, it's going to be the opposite of everything we just covered in the first episode. But here's the thing, because you know, when it comes down to a counterfeit, it looks like the original, right? That's the whole purpose of the counterfeit. And the devil is so good at making counterfeits. But again, if you can point out the key characteristics of the original, you will be able to identify the counterfeit. What I want you to do is I want you to keep your hearts and your minds open because my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will bring up some things. Maybe you are, you have some belief systems that you didn't even know that you had. Maybe you're attending a church where there's some false teaching and you don't even know that that's happening. And Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. So keep your hearts and your minds open. Now, 
Again, as I mentioned in the first episode, I am going to be using a really cool resource because I love sharing resources with you guys. It is godquestions.org. And I love this app because it is, like I said, it reminds me of Google. And if you have these questions that you feel like you don't have the answer to with regards to Christianity, you can type them in and it's going to give you a biblical answer to those questions. And so I pulled information from that to share with you guys today. Don't forget to share this episode with some of your business besties if you found value in it and you believe that it would be a blessing to them. All right, listen in and enjoy. There are two really good articles that I found online that I'll be pulling information from to go over these six false gospels, in addition to information from gotquestions.org. So if you have a pen and paper, definitely write them down. Obviously, if you're driving, you can't do that, but you can always come back and write it down because this information is definitely, definitely going to be helpful for you. Okay, let's go. False gospel number one, the gospel of permissive grace, also known as the grace movement or grace message. It teaches God's love is unconditional, which is an interpretation of unconditional acceptance of one's lifestyle. So here's the truth. Yes, God is love and he offers kindness to humanity. However, he is holy and cannot be in the presence of sin. This is the reason why we started off talking about that three-letter word. God is not always pleased or accepting of our conduct. He disciplines those who he loves. See a scripture in Hebrews 12 and 6, chapter 12 and 6. He disciplines those he loves. It's all about sanctification that he wants to uh, take us through so that we can become more and more like him. We just cannot take advantage of this free gift of grace that's given to us. And Paul talks about this uh, in Galatians 5 and 13 about, you know, yes, Jesus has paid that price for us and we have been given grace and we are no longer bound by the law, but we cannot take advantage of that gift of grace that has been, been given to us. So you see this in a lot of churches or circles that they really just don't want to talk about sin. If they do, it's going to be kind of like, well, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you can continue to live that same life that you're living. You can continue to live with your boyfriend. Yep, I'm going there. You can continue to, um, oh my gosh, I can go down a whole entire list. <laughs> oh my gosh, I could do that. But the truth is that, again, our goal here, once we have gone from living in habitual sin to now we have a regenerated heart through the Holy Spirit, our goal is to become more and more like Christ every single day. That's what that's the whole goal there. Okay. All right. False gospel number two, the gospel of social justice. Ooh, what does that mean? Well, let me just be clear on this. We are not talking about a specific 
area of social justice. It's, it's social justice as a whole. This false gospel replaces the finished work of Christ with a hyper focus on social concerns. This way of thinking started in the early 20th century. A lot of churches removed the message of the cross and replaced it with focusing on doing good to their fellow man. This stance was justified with Old Testament verses such as Isaiah 1 17, which says, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And also you'll find these types of texts in the New Testament. We're still seeing this type of gospel today. Many millennials are looking for a less conservative approach to sharing the gospel, one that focuses on social concerns, social justice, as a result, some of them have abandoned the doctrine of personal repentance. They see the social justice approach as more of a practical gospel as far as reaching people. But here's the truth. As believers, we are commanded to help the poor, to help those in need. God's heart is for social justice. However, we must serve with a gospel-driven mindset one that focuses on redemption at the end of the day. Whatever we're doing for others, especially when it, as it relates to social issues, social justice issues, it should create a connection or a bridge that will direct people to eternal life. A lot of times what happens, and, and we're seeing this in our culture today, there's a lot of selfish ambitions that are driving this focus with regards to social justice. If what we are doing doesn't lead people to eternal life, if what we're doing doesn't have the motivation of the pure gospel, then what we are doing is in vain. What we are doing elevates ourselves. And at the end of the day, whatever we're doing, it must bring glory to God. It must bring glory to God and not to ourselves. So, you know, this is one of those areas where we literally have to kind of pause. <laughs> it's a cause for pause. We have to pause and ask ourselves, what's my motivation? behind this, when I'm helping someone or when I am going on social media and speaking my piece about social justice issues and things of that nature, what is my motivation? Is it glorifying God or is it glorifying my agenda? So I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> okay, number three, number three, number three. And I'm just going to tell y'all, number three through six are all connected. And I'm going to try my best to contain myself because, oh, y'all, girl, this resonates with me so much. But I'm just going to let you know that more than likely I will be doing an entire segment or series on three through six. Okay. Number three, the gospel of new age spirituality. This false gospel attracts those seeking spiritual experiences. And these experiences are independent of biblical doctrine. The core of this false gospel is self-centeredness. I'm just going to leave that right there. Without going into a lot of detail because, oh, y'all, there's so many layers to this. 
um, because this is definitely my wheelhouse being a former new ager, Christian new ager, and all of those types of things. What most people don't realize with regards to this subject is that it finds its roots in the garden. The same deception that was used in the garden is the same deception that is is really being disguised in this whole new age thing, okay? And it really does focus on self-centeredness. And I'll explain a little bit later. Uh, it focuses on achieving spiritual experiences that will enable you to be more godlike. Now, who does that sound like? Who told Eve that she could be like more like God? The serpent, right? Same thing, the same exact thing. Believe it or not, New Age spirituality, like I said, is accepted widely in churches and often integrated with biblical teaching. And this is the part where I really would love to go more in detail about the origins of new thought and how it relates to. So let me just say this. So if you hear me say new thought and then you hear me say new age, new thought is slightly different than new age. I would just say it falls under that bracket of a new age practices. New thought actually involves mind science. And again, I will not go into all of the details of that, but I will say that there is a huge correlation between new thought and what you see in some charismatic churches, what you see in, in word of faith teaching, because it focuses on positive confession. And if you're familiar with the law of attraction, well, it is essentially the same. And so what happens is you see a lot of this in churches, mainly because of its origin. And like I said, it has truly become a problem, especially for those that are new believers, because they don't know their Bibles yet. And I would say it's really a problem for those that have been walking with God for a long time, simply because they don't know their Bibles, okay? So so what we're seeing here is believers that are following these teachings desire more mystical experiences rather than scripture. And that's how it gets you. Whenever there's a hyper-focus on something, you know you are running down the wrong path. That's with anything, guys. You know, whether it, it you see it in diet, whether you see it in relationship, if there's no balance to something, it's just going to be off with regards to church and our relationships with God. If there is a hyper focus on the wrong thing, okay, because we do want to have a hyper focus on the gospel because it's going to point to Jesus. It's going to point to his sacrifice for us. But when there's a focus on a hyper focus on the wrong thing and you're giving yourself so much to that then that thing becomes idolatry. And I will tell you that in my own experience, I was definitely addicted to spiritual experiences. That's how I got caught up in Christian mysticism. Um, that's how I got caught up in new thought and other new age practices that I didn't even know were new age because the church environment that I was in focus so much on spiritual experiences. And there were other focuses too that were not in line with scripture. But all of those things trumped 
the authoritative word of God. And when that happens, it creates a false perception of who God is. And like I said in the beginning, in the other episode, when you have that false perception of who God is, then you're going to have a false perception of the gospel. And if you have a false perception of the gospel, then you have a false perception of Christ. And then we have to ask ourselves, the Christ that we believe in, is that a Christ that can save us according to scripture? I would love to go into more detail about my story, but I won't do that today. So, so, okay, so the truth is, so here's the truth. We just talked about what was false with that. Experiencing God through carefully studying his word is a reliable guide. Now, I am not saying that we should not experience God's presence and that we should not desire to experience his presence. He put that desire in us. What I am saying is when you're saying that you had all these God encounters and they contradict scripture or you can't align them with scripture, then that's a problem. That is a problem. If anything, our time with the Lord, when we are spending time with God in prayer and wanting to seek his face, because I'll tell you from my own personal experience, going back to a little bit of my story, I really thought that if I didn't have the goosebump feeling during my quiet time, then I've missed God or he doesn't love me or he didn't show up today or you know, I just, I'm not as strong as of a Christian because like I told you, I was, I was just an addict when it came down to experiencing his, his presence and all of those types of things, just, you know, running after that, that experience. What we really should be desiring is more of the word of God, because that is a reliable source, a reliable guide. And that is the most effective way that we're going to hear God's voice in our lives. The word of God repeatedly teaches us about his redemptive plan of salvation from Genesis to Revelation. The more we understand the finished work of Jesus Christ, the less of ourselves we are focused on and the more faith we have to believe that God is with us and for us, whether we have an experience or not. Can I get an amen? Number four, the gospel of self-esteem. Now, this one is connected to the New Age gospel. This false gospel teaches you that you're awesome, that you deserve a savior, and you deserve to have all your problems solved. Like the New Age spirituality, this false gospel focuses on self and being divine. You find a lot of these types of messages in churches who have a hyper focus on making you feel good. These churches and, and ministries, they don't really like to talk about sin. They don't. It makes people uncomfortable. Such churches are appealing to seeker-sensitive individuals and those desiring experiences over scripture, which I know this sounds redundant, and that's why I said it was connected. This is exactly what I was saying in number three. The problem here is that there is an absence of the doctrine of sin. And we cannot remove that because when you do that, you are removing a huge chunk of the gospel. Paul talks about 
in Galatians, which we'll get there in a moment, but he talks about not adding to it the gospel. And here's the other thing. You aren't supposed to take anything away from the gospel. The gospel is powerful within itself because of what it is about. The blood that was shed on the cross for our sin, Jesus taking our place on the cross. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that. It is human nature to move away from pain and towards pleasure. Sin doesn't make us feel good. And talking about it exposes our depravity. If we don't have an understanding of our depravity as human beings, we will never have an understanding or an appreciation for the price that was paid for us. I'll say that again. If we do not have an understanding of our own depravity, we will never appreciate grace, this free gift of grace that was given to us. The truth is we are in constant need of a savior. I have said this so many times because it's kind of like my life motto, whatever you want to call it. Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. I love other translation that says investigate my life. There's another scripture that I that I say repeatedly which is in Jeremiah 17 verses 9 through 10 and it talks about our heart being deceitful and that only God knows our hearts. So the heart is deceitful and we think that we are all that and a bag of chips. I know that I'm dating myself. <laughs> but if we think seriously that you know if if we're sitting in a, in a, in in a congregation or in a let's say a bible a bible group a community group where you are constantly being affirmed now let me just make myself clear because i know that there are going to be some people that are going to think to themselves, wait a minute, are you saying that encouragement is not right? Are you saying that, you know, edification is not good? No, that is not what I'm saying. I will say this again, whenever there is a hyper focus on something and there's this imbalance, it becomes very unhealthy. And so if you are sitting in and a congregation or a community group, and you are constantly being told that you are amazing and that God is just going to give you all of this stuff and he's going to do this and life is just going to be this walk in the park. When trials and adversity come, who are you going to blame? You'll probably either blame yourself or you'll blame God. And so once again, this type of gospel creates a false image of who God really is. A lot of times we want to focus so much on his goodness that we forget that he's just, that we forget that he's Lord. <laughs> you know, we forget other attributes of God. He loves us. Yes, God is love. But we also have to remember that he is holy. And I know I may sound like a broken record, 
And that is okay because we have to just keep repeating ourselves about this particular subject. When you have a understanding of redemption, you literally can anchor yourself in that and it humbles you. It literally puts you in a in a in a mindset where you truly appreciate salvation. Folks, some of us are in these places in our walk with God where we may only be focusing on one attribute of him or it could just be a false attribute of him, you know? It is very important that we understand our position in our relationship with God that he is Lord. And when we say that he is Lord, that means that we've given ourselves over to him and it doesn't stop there. And that is the reason why I brought up Psalm 139.24, because this is something that I encourage my friends, my sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ, and even myself to ask God every single day to search my heart to know that I am in need of a savior every single day. Sin is something that separates us from God. We already know that. And Jesus paid the price for sin. Yes, we know that. But we are still in a sinful body. We still have a sinful nature. And we are still going to deal with continual sin. Because of that, we are in constant need of a savior. Oh my gosh, I could talk about that all day long, but I won't. We have to move on. Jesus did say, apart from him, we can do absolutely nothing. I believe that's John 15. All right, you have two more. Oh boy, this next one here. <laughs> I told you guys, this stuff is all connected. Uh, so we have number five. This is the prosperity gospel. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, I'm sure you guys have heard of this before. It may have been called the health and wealth gospel. This is another one of those false gospels that women get sucked into. And I'll tell you why. Okay. This false gospel teaches a very distorted view of Jesus. I think all of them do, but especially this one. And this kind of goes hand in hand with the self-esteem one that I was just talking about. The belief is that he guarantees his believers happiness, health, a life filled with no troubles, no worries at all. That's exactly what I was just saying with the whole self-esteem gospel. And, and I'll tell you this, a lot of times what happens is um, the self-esteem gospel, the, uh, the new age kind of mysticism, that type of gospel, you, you tend to find them all kind of clustered together. So you might be listening to this thinking like, wait a minute, I've seen multiple of those, you know, being demonstrated either at, you know, a former church, my current church or someone else's church or in a, you know, maybe on, you know, something that you've seen on TV or whatever. It all runs together. The thing is in Mark 8, 34, it says, it says that Jesus suffered and that those who believe in him will suffer too. 
The prosperity gospel doesn't teach about the sovereignty of God. The focus is on the here and now and not on eternity. God is turned into a genie in a bottle. And the problem is that when people's prayers go unanswered, like it says in James, there's disappointment, there's bitterness, and even a hardened heart towards God. And this is exactly what I was just saying with regards to the self-esteem gospel. Now, you know, when you're when you don't get what you want, and that's part of my story too. And I was praying and believing God for I'm just gonna say it, I'll be transparent. <laughs> you know, I was believing God for this guy that I thought was gonna be my husband because I thought I heard from God because I was believing that, you know, I was gonna have this glorious life. And then me and this person would be this minister that would be all on TBN. <laughs> I don't know if anybody, if you guys watch that or if you've watched it in the past, but it's basically a Christian uh, broadcast television network. Uh, but I really believe that. I believe that. And what I know now is what was really going on in my heart, because I trusted my heart, what was going on in my heart was idolatry greed, the lust of the flesh, definitely the lust of the eye, hello, <laughs> you know, and the pride of life. The problem with this particular gospel or false gospel is because, again, you're focusing so much on the blessings of God, which, like I said, going back to the Garden of Eden, you know, the devil was playing on this desire for things that were appealing to the eye, things that were appealing to the, the flesh and the pride of life. And when it's packaged in a way that is all about God, you're not thinking that maybe, just maybe, that could be pride in your own heart. That could be lust in your own heart, you know? Coming out of that belief system, I realize that now, especially knowing that it didn't happen. I mean, the person that I'm married to now is definitely not who I thought it was going to be. But the truth is also that as believers, especially women, we must guard against these types of beliefs. God provides blessings for us. That's what he, he is a provider. He wants us to prosper. But his definition of blessing and his definition of success is completely different from our definition. Jesus is not here. And you might not like what I'm about to say, but Jesus is not here to just cozy up our lives and make things easy for us. He came to save us from the bondage of sin and he left us with the Holy Spirit to regenerate our hearts and walk us through the process, guys, of sanctification. That's what this thing is all about. Okay, the last one, number six. I kind of touched on this a little bit. The gospel of, or I should say, the faith and gospel, the faith and gospel. This is also known as a works-based gospel. This false gospel claims that you must pair faith with something else in order to seal your salvation or your relationship with God. It focuses on faith and good works, faith and a lot of different things that you're doing. So faith 
perfecting your knowledge of God. The problem is our sin nature cries out for independence and control. It's as if we want to have something to do with our own salvation. We struggle to believe that God would give us this free gift of grace without requiring us to earn it. This is especially true in a culture that teaches everything must be earned by hustling and grinding and that you're only rewarded for the work that you put in. But the truth is, there is nothing we can do to earn salvation. This is why God sent his son who knew no sin, but became sin for us. There is no need to add anything to what Jesus has done for us. When Jesus said that it was finished on the cross, it was finished. That's it. Point blank and the period. It was finished. There is nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. I'm going to close with this. Here's something that I'd like for you guys to do. Read the entire book of Galatians. If you have already, read it again. I'm telling you guys, like, just, just a little tip. When it comes down to reading the Bible, it doesn't matter how many times you have read something. You need to read it over and over and over and over again. Uh, I'll tell you, when I read something over and over again, the Holy Spirit just constantly shows me things that I may not, may have overlooked or giving me a better understanding of it. But I want you to read this. I want you to read the entire chapter or sorry, the entire book. Now, here's a little backstory. Paul wrote the book of Galatians. He was handling a situation that had broken out in some churches within that region. And what happened was that there were some individuals that had come in and started confusing the people about the gospel. The one thing that they were causing an argument around was about circumcision and things of that nature. I won't go into all the details of that, but just know that it confused them. When you read this, you can tell that Paul was very annoyed. <laughs> he was, you, you know, something about the tone, you can tell that he was annoyed. In fact, in chapter one, verse six, he says, I'm in anguish that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in grace, the grace of Jesus, and turning to a different gospel. Like I said, what was going on was they started getting confused. They started backpedaling and thinking like, oh man, maybe this whole saved by grace through faith alone is not really, you know, this is not the truth here. When we pop over to chapter five, verse one, he says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. There's a lot going on within this whole chapter. And so Whoever it was, I cannot tell you exactly who it was, but basically they came in and they started adding to the gospel. And this is what I wanted to share with you. Paul said in Galatians chapter one, verse eight, he said, but even if we or angels from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preached, 
let him be accursed. So he's basically saying, if I come to you and I start adding to the gospel, if I come to you and I start doing some prosperity gospel, some self-esteem gospel, all these other things that we're adding to the original, let me be accursed. Even if it's an angel, let them be accursed. That is how serious this is. The reason why I wanted this to be the very first two episodes of this season of the podcast is because as you are growing in your walk with the Lord, you need to constantly hear truth. You need to constantly crave truth because we are living in a time where there is so much confusion. There is, there's, there's so much busyness. There's so many distractions going on. And it is time for us to get back to the biblical truth of the Bible. It is time to get get back to the basics of the Bible. And my prayer and my desire for you, you as listeners, is to walk away with a desire and a hunger and a thirst for more of God's word. What is lacking here today is biblical literacy. And this is why people get caught up in some of these things, some of these false gospels that I mentioned. I hope that what was shared today, that you're able to apply it to your own life. I pray that now you understand the difference between the biblical gospel and the false gospel. So now we know, and now we can dig deeper into the word and we can also go out and share it with others. Hey friend, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and don't forget to share it with a friend. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.